Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. Our Sunday services have now moved online and you can tune in every week for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon by going to christchurchlondon.org forward slash church hyphen at hyphen home. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. We're in the middle of a series right now looking at the kingdom of God. The kingdom was the main focus of Jesus' life, his ministry, all his teaching. And if I were to summarise the message of the kingdom, it's essentially this. God has not given up on this broken and pain-filled world. Rather, he has a plan to put it right. He is breaking into this world with his perfect rule and reign, his kingdom. And when God reigns, everything works as it is meant to. God's kingdom is breaking in and he is planning to rid this world of everything that causes it to experience brokenness and pain. And Jesus regularly talked about this theme of the kingdom, but he also demonstrated it. And one of the main ways he did that was through healing the sick. Read through the Gospels, the four accounts of Jesus' life, and every page, pretty much, he healed someone. Sometimes an individual, sometimes a whole village worth of people who've been brought to his door, and he heals them all. And often when he did that, Jesus said that the kingdom has come upon you. Healing is a sign of the inbreaking kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 10, Peter, one of Jesus' followers, he explains and summarises Jesus' ministry. And he says that, that God was announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. He says, you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. I find that fascinating. You know, Jesus was the greatest teacher who has ever lived. And yet when Peter summarises the way that Jesus communicated the message of the kingdom, he doesn't even mention his teaching. Of course, Jesus taught about the kingdom. He taught incredible things about the kingdom. But here, Peter says that the main way Jesus communicated the kingdom was by doing good and healing people. I think the reason is because Jesus didn't want people just to understand the message of the kingdom theoretically. Rather, he wanted them to experience it. So he demonstrated the kingdom in powerful ways so that people got to experience for themselves a foretaste of what God was planning to do for all creation. Let me give you an illustration. A silly illustration, perhaps, but uh, I was walking somewhere the other day. I had my headphones on, my head was down, I was kind of in my own world. And suddenly I noticed there was a light on my feet and I didn't think it was anything unusual or supernatural. I assumed that it was coming from something. And so I saw the light. I looked up. I looked along the beam of the light, as it were, and I saw its source, which was a bike that was heading directly towards me. And I guess I just sort of wandered off the path and I was walking in the, the bike lane. And so I recognised there was this thing coming and so I had to respond to it. And I got out of the way. And in a strange kind of way, I think that's a picture of how healing works as a sign of the kingdom. We get to experience something in our bodies that causes us to look up and along the beam, as it were, towards the source. And we recognise there is something coming we need to respond not that we get out of the way of the kingdom, of course, but rather when we experience healing, it causes us to look to the God who is coming to heal the world. We recognise there is something coming. There is something new that is breaking in and I need to respond. I need to, to get into that kingdom. I need to live under that kingdom and live in hope and expectancy of the day when Jesus will come back and rid this world of all sickness, sin, suffering, pain and death forevermore. 
Healing is a way we get to experience now what God will do for all creation. It's a sign that God is putting the world to rights. And Jesus went round demonstrating this to everyone he met. Actually, it didn't stop with Jesus. Read the book of Acts and you find that the early followers of Jesus preached the same message of the kingdom and God also authenticated his message through healing the sick. I want to suggest that if this was such a key thing for Jesus and for the early church, it should be a key thing for us as well. As we preach the message of the kingdom, we should not only do so through words, but by giving people an experience of the in-breaking rule and reign of God. By praying for the sick so that they get to experience something now as a foretaste of what God will one day do for all the world. Now, of course, as I say that, I am aware of the elephant in the room, which is that we are living right now in the middle of a global pandemic. Right now, the brokenness of the world is clearly on display. All of us have had our lives affected to some degree by COVID-19. Maybe some of us watching today have experienced illness ourselves, or, or we've had friends or family who have. Maybe some of us tragically have experienced bereavement because of this pandemic. For those of us for whom the illness hasn't affected us directly, we've still been affected by it through lockdown and restrictions uh, which give rise to anxiety and fear and uncertainty. Maybe some of us have had the disappointment of cancelled plans or we've lost jobs and had financial struggles. All of us have been affected by this illness right now. And I think we are incredibly aware that we are unable to deal with it in our own strength. Our vulnerability is on display right now. And this raises huge questions, for me at least, questions about healing and prayer and why isn't the kingdom coming as quickly as I would like it to. Maybe you share those questions. Just being perfectly honest, there have been times when I've approached this talk where I've sort of thought, maybe we should just talk about something else, a different aspect of the kingdom. But you know what? I think it's inconceivable that we could teach on the kingdom and not mention healing because it was such a big thing for Jesus. And even this week where I have found myself thinking, oh, now is not the time to be teaching about healing. I've had this sort of subtle thought, maybe a prompt from God. What if now is exactly the time to be teaching on healing? Because right now the brokenness and pain of the world is clearly on display. What if now more than ever before our world needs to hear a message that God is a healer? That Jesus has a plan to heal this world. Right now, we are experiencing physical sickness, mental and emotional sickness. We're experiencing societal unrest. The brokenness of the world is on display. What if the best way we can communicate the kingdom now is to talk about the God who is coming to put it all right and to give people an experience of that by praying for them to experience healing so that our friends and family can experience something that causes them to raise their heads, to look along the beam, as it were, and to get ready for God's new world, which is breaking in. Jesus is still in the business of healing. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Circumstances change, challenges come and go, but Jesus does not change. And his message of the kingdom has not changed. And I have no doubt that if Jesus were walking the streets of our city today, he would be doing the same thing Peter said he was doing in Acts 10. That is, he would be going around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the evil one as a foretaste of the kingdom. 
So today I want to just think about how we can have faith to pray for the sick. And I won't get to say a quarter of what I would like to about healing because of time and just restraints like that. But if you are interested, if you have more questions, I'm sure you do. Check out a talk that I gave last year in our Faithful Presence series. It's called A Clash of Kingdoms. And it talks a bit more about how we understand the theology of healing, some really practical stuff. But I just want to give us three things to think about today. And they're all to do with Jesus. I want to suggest that we need to learn about Jesus, we need to learn from Jesus, and we need to learn with Jesus. So firstly, if we are to grow in having faith for healing as a sign of the kingdom, we need to learn about Jesus. If you want to know God's heart for healing, how he feels about this world and what he is planning to do about it, the best thing you can do, I think, is immerse yourself in the Gospels. To read and reread the stories of Jesus and to allow them to shape your understanding of him and his purpose and his mission. Here's a really practical thing for you to do. Why not, throughout this series, between now and Christmas, take time to read through all four of the Gospels? It won't actually take you as long as you might think. Read through them. You can read through them quite quickly, but maybe stop and pay particular attention to the passages about the kingdom or about healing. Perhaps take a highlighter and sort of circle them or do it on your computer if, like me, you're the kind of person who doesn't really like scribbling in your Bible. But just pay particular attention to the passages about healing and the kingdom. The first thing you'll notice is there are loads of them. But for each story, ask yourself these questions. What does this teach me about Jesus, about his character, his priorities and mission and his feeling towards us? And one of the things that I think you will notice, one of the inescapable things for me, is just how compassionate Jesus is. We heard about that last week from David's sermon, the compassion of Jesus. Jesus loved people and he felt compassion towards broken and hurting people. But he didn't only feel compassionate, he was powerful to do something about their situation as well. He healed everyone who came to him as a foretaste of what God would do for all creation. Now, as an aside, it wasn't just physical healing that Jesus did to demonstrate the love and the power of God. Actually, he would often heal people and he would say that your faith has saved you. It's the Greek word sozo, which means salvation or healing. But it's broader than just physical healing. It's like restoration for every part of us, body, mind and soul. You see, the plan of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom is that God is coming to to rid all the world of everything that is wrong and he will restore every part of it. And so Jesus spent time healing or, or saving every part of the people he met, body, mind and spirit. And he is still doing that today. As we read the Gospels and we learn about Jesus, it's important to remind ourselves we're not just learning about how Jesus was, we're learning about how he is What is his character? What are his feelings towards us? What are his priorities today? If Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forevermore, and when we read about him in the Gospels, we see he is compassionate and powerful to heal. I think we can assume he is just as compassionate today and just as powerful to heal today as he ever was. Jesus hasn't changed in his character, in his mission, in his feelings towards you. The only thing that has changed is the means by which he expresses that compassion. He now does that through you and me. Whereas Jesus, when he walked the earth, he healed through his own hand. Now he does so through ours. As the 16th century nun Teresa of Avila put it, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. 
Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. You and I, anyone who is a follower of Jesus, we are the people through whom Jesus continues to express his compassion and his message of the kingdom. We are the people through whom he brings healing to this world today. So as we read the Gospels, we learn firstly about Jesus, not just about how he was, but how he is. But I think secondly, we're also meant to learn from him so that we can continue doing the things that he did. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can read the stories in the Gospels and I just think, Jesus, you are very different from me. And I can assume that the things Jesus did were just because, well, he was God and I am not. Of course he healed the sick. He's God and I'm not. And of course, that is definitely true. But actually, I want to suggest that the things that Jesus did were models for us. They're models that we are meant to be able to learn from and emulate so that we can continue doing the things Jesus did. Look at what Peter said in Acts chapter 10, which we read a moment ago. He says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Think about that for a moment. Jesus was divine. If there was ever anyone who didn't need to be anointed by the Holy Spirit, surely it was Jesus. I mean, it wasn't just that God was with him. God was him. Why did God need to fill Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power? Well, I think the answer is, as Philippians 2 tells us, that when Jesus came to earth, when he took on flesh, he lay aside temporarily some of the divine privileges associated with his, his godness. Now, to be clear, he didn't cease to become, he didn't cease to be God. The Bible is very clear about that. But he did become like us, limited in some way like us. And so as a human walking the earth, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power so that he could do miraculous things as a foretaste of the kingdom. If Jesus could heal the sick, not out of his divine nature, but as a human being filled with the Holy Spirit of God and empowered by the Spirit, then I think when we read about Jesus, we can learn from him so that we, as humans, filled with the Spirit, can continue doing the same things that he did. You see, each of us who are followers of Jesus are filled with and empowered by the very same Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus. When we receive the Spirit, we don't get some kind of knockoff version of the Holy Spirit. It's not like a 30-day free trial with limited features. We experience the same Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus empowering us. In fact, Paul says the same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in us. That's a lot of power. So when we read about Jesus, we don't only ask, what can I learn about him, but what can I learn from him? So that I also, anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, with God with me, can continue doing the same things Jesus did. We need to learn from Jesus if we are to grow in faith for healing. Actually, when it comes to healing, there's just something slightly annoying about it. I kind of wish that it was just a case that you would learn one technique and that would set you up for life. It would all be easy from there on in. But it's really not like that. Actually, there's no one size fits all approach to healing. It's not like you learn one skill and you're good to go. Because actually, there are different ways of, of, of doing healing, different ways of bringing healing and bringing the kingdom in certain different circumstances. And actually, it's less about relying on a technique. It's more about relying on a relationship with the Holy Spirit who empowers us. 
So when we think about learning from Jesus, it's not just, well, if I observe three techniques Jesus did, I'll be good to go. It's actually about learning from Jesus in every scenario we find ourselves in and in different seasons. And what I have found is that by reading and rereading the Gospels, I learn from Jesus different things in every season I find myself in. Let me give you an example. Uh, Last year, I realised that I had a lot to do in order to grow in faith for healing. And so I committed to praying for more people than I ever had before. And I knew I needed to learn from Jesus. And so I read and I reread the Gospels over and over and over again. And one of the things I noticed was that Jesus regularly lay his hands on people when he was praying for them. Of course, I'd always kind of known that, but it just stood out to me more. And so I thought, okay, this is something I can learn from Jesus. It doesn't always tell me why he did it, but I kind of got the sense it was partly to show solidarity with them, to to, to show closeness with those people who were hurting, but also maybe as a kind of means by which God would transfer his power for healing. And so I thought, well, if it worked for Jesus, it's something I should do. And so as I prayed for people last year, I made a conscious effort to put my hands on them where appropriate as I prayed for them. And what I found was that I experienced things differently to how I had before. I won't tell the story now, but I told it in my previous sermon. I was praying for a guy. I had my hand on his shoulder. And as I was praying, I could feel things moving underneath my hand, things that were out of place being put back into place. I could feel God healing him. I've had that experience a number of times. Other people I prayed for have said there was something about your hand. It was just extremely hot or extremely cold. I prayed for one lady for her back. I put my hand on her shoulder. She said it felt like ice water ran all the way down her back, healing as it went. Sometimes people experience a tingling sensation as we put our hands upon them. And that's something I learnt from Jesus. By observing him and asking, how can I do the same things? I learnt to do what he did. But of course, that worked for 2019. Then I come into 2020 and I find suddenly we're in a scenario where we can no longer put our hands on people. And so honestly, for a little while, I felt flummoxed, like everything I learnt seemed to be out the window. So that drove me back to the Gospels and reading again, I discovered that, of course, Jesus didn't always touch people when he healed them. Annoyingly, he didn't give us a model for how to pray for the sick via Zoom or, you know, how to elbow bump the sick or anything like that. But I did notice this time round, there were plenty of times where Jesus healed without touching someone, simply by saying something. Sometimes he would actually heal people who weren't even physically present and weren't watching on a live stream. And so what I am learning from Jesus in this season is different from what I learned in the last season. That is that there is power in the words that are spoken. And of course there is. I mean, it goes back to the beginning. God spoke and the world came into being. Of course there is power in the spoken word coupled with faith. I am learning that now. So learning from Jesus is a dynamic process. It's not just like we read the stories, we get three things, we're good to go. It's about regularly asking Jesus, what do you want to teach me in this season? What do you want to teach me for praying for this person or this particular type of illness? How do I do it online? How do I do it with my friends? How do I do it with people who who don't even know if they believe in God? And by observing and rereading and prayerfully listening for the nudging of the Spirit, we can learn not only about what Jesus did, but from him so that we can do the very same thing. We need to learn about him. We need to learn from him. But thirdly and finally, we also need to learn with Jesus. That is, we take a step of faith. We extend that offer of prayer to our friends and we give Jesus an opportunity to teach us in the moment so that we learn with him. 
I think faith is not just about understanding intellectually that God can heal or that he would like to do it through us or how I might go about praying for someone. Faith comes when we put that intellectual understanding to practice by offering to pray and we give Jesus an opportunity to teach us on the job, as it were. If you're anything like me, this is often the point where we come unstuck, where we get paralysed by fear. We like to think, oh, I wish I had all my questions answered. I, I wish I had 100% guarantee that it was going to work and then I'll step out in faith. Well, that's, that's not faith and that's often not how it works. I think Jesus likes to come alongside us in our mixture of faith and doubt and he likes to teach us as we dare to trust in him. Last year, I prayed for more people than I ever have in my life. In 2019, I committed to learning to grow for praying in the sick, and I knew the only way I could do that is by actually doing it. And across the year, I prayed for nearly 100 people personally, uh, as well as doing ministry times and services. And in that process, I saw many more people healed than I ever have before. But I also saw people not healed, maybe many more than I ever had before, simply because I was praying for more people. And that hurt. And I live with the, the mystery of that. But I also learned so much more through that year than I ever had before. And so much more than I ever would have done if I hadn't stepped out and tried to learn with Jesus on the job. You see, there were things that I experienced that made me think, oh, I'd never seen that before. I'd never understood that before. There were things that I witnessed Jesus doing that have taught me so much that I would only have known about in theory. And if I had waited till I had 100% certainty that everyone I prayed for would get healed, frankly, I'd still be waiting. And those that were healed last year wouldn't have had the opportunity to experience the kingdom through my prayers. You see, we will never get to a place where we have got 100% certainty or we have all our questions answered. We need to learn to live in the mystery and trust Jesus so that we can learn with him in the process. I heard an analogy the other day from a vineyard pastor from the States, a guy called Putty Putman. He put it like this. He said, suppose someone created a vaccine for COVID. But the catch was that it only worked in 50% of cases and you had no idea before you administered it whether it would work for this particular person or not. What would you do? Would you say to the scientist, well, go back to the lab, we're not interested in 50%, come back when you've got something that works in 100% of cases and then we'll talk? Or would you say, that's amazing, that's a great breakthrough, 50% is incredible, let's get distributing that now to help as many people as we can while we continue working on the mystery of the other 50%. Of course you would do the latter, wouldn't you? You'd care for those that you can while you work on the mystery of those you can't help. I think the same goes for healing. We are often tempted to think, well, I won't pray for someone until, until I can guarantee it's 100%. We're never going to get there. We're always going to have to live with the mystery. The proper response is to say, I'm going to step out in faith and pray for as many people as I can, trusting that if Jesus heals some, that's amazing. And I will keep doing that. I will keep praying in faith whilst also continuing to work on the mystery of those who don't get healed. That's where I'm living. I am trying to learn and grow, learn from Jesus, learn about him, but also learn with him. Learn with him both how to care for people well, but also how to deal with the mystery. And here's the thing, you never know. You never know how Jesus will use you. You never know when he may use you to heal someone. 
there are plenty of stories I, I could share from my own life, but he, here's one that's very recent. I spoke to a friend the other day who was at a church. She works in this church building and a guy came into the building to inspect their uh, equipment. He did, was doing a fire safety thing. It's an annual check. And while he was there, my friend noticed that he didn't look quite himself and so said to him, are you okay? And he explained that six months previously, he had been really unwell, he'd had dizziness and, and, and sickness, and so he'd got checked out, he'd had all sorts of tests run, he'd had all sorts of treatment, and most of it was fine, but the one thing that wasn't was a pain in his ear. His ear was blocked, it had been for six months, and so he couldn't hear out of one of his ears, which was making his life quite difficult. And so my friend said to him, well, would you mind if I prayed for you? And the guy had never experienced prayer before. He didn't particularly believe in God. He was a bit hesitant. But my friend said, well, I can do it from a distance in a socially distanced way. Uh, you just sit there and put your hand over your sore ear, turn your good ear to it, towards me so you can hear the prayer and I will pray for you. And so the man did it kind of reluctantly, hesitantly, he put his hand on his ear and he was praying. And my friend said that at first he just looked really awkward about it. As she continued to pray, she could see like this peace come upon him. And when she finished praying, she said that he suddenly just looked really stunned and confused. He said that as she'd been praying, there had been this weird popping sound in his ear that had got louder and louder and had continued. It was like his ear was unblocking as she was praying. Her hand wasn't on him. He had his own hand on his ear. He couldn't explain it, but it was like God was just popping open his ear through that prayer. And he left the place just completely dazed. He came to do a service for that building and he left having experienced something of the kingdom breaking in to his ear. I think that's a great story. There could have been many reasons why my friend chose not to pray for this guy. It could have been awkward. I don't know if it will work. I'm not sure how to do prayer in this kind of COVID era. But she took a step of faith and she learned from Jesus on the job and got to experience that amazing privilege of being used by Jesus to bring the kingdom, bring healing to a man who didn't yet know him. Now, I don't know how that story will go. But I trust that something of that experience may cause that guy to raise his head, to look along the beam, as it were, to the source and maybe consider the king who is coming to put this world to rights. So here's what I'd love us to do. As we close and as we return to worship, I would love us to have an opportunity just to pray. And this is quite a strange setup, I'm aware, and maybe it's quite unusual for you. But I would love to pray for a couple of things. In a moment, I'm going to ask for God to fill us with the same Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus, to give us faith and courage and to teach us how we can pray for those around us. But I would also love to just pray a brief prayer for anyone today who needs physical healing or emotional healing. It's tricky to do it in this kind of way. And so actually, if you would like prayer, I'll pray for you now. But we want to provide some other avenues for you to experience prayer as well. Tonight on Zoom from 8pm till 9pm, we will be running a, a, a Zoom prayer meeting. We'll come along, we'll worship. Maybe you just want to come along and worship, um, experience the Holy Spirit's presence. But we'll also have an opportunity to pray for people. We'll go into breakout rooms and we'll pray one-on-one -on -one or maybe a couple of people will get to pray for you for physical or emotional healing. If you would like prayer, then come along tonight, 8 till 9. No need to book. All the information is on the website. If you would rather receive prayer throughout the week, we would love to help with that as well. On the website, there's a request prayer tab. And if you give us your contact details, uh, we would love to get a member of the prayer team to get in touch with you this week and pray with you. But let's pray right now.
And you may just want to close your eyes, perhaps hold out your hands as a way of showing that you are ready to receive from God. And I will pray for us. If you are in pain today, why don't you just put your hand on the place where the pain or the sickness is? Uh, or if you're with some friends in the house, feel free to ask them to pray with you if that's appropriate. Uh, if it actually is to do with mental or emotional health, you may want to put your hand on your head or on your heart as a way of just asking God to break in and bring you healing in those particular areas. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today and forevermore. You are just as compassionate and just as able to heal today as you ever have been. And so I ask right now, would the same spirit that empowered you to heal the sick fill each and every one of us right now, I pray. May the same power that raised Christ from the grave dwell within us. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would fill each of us with courage and faith to pray for those around us, to be your hands and your feet, offering that glimpse, that foretaste of the kingdom. I pray that you would inspire us this week about who we can offer prayer to. And I pray that you would help us to know how to live in the mystery of knowing that the kingdom is partly here, but it's partly not. I pray that you would give us courage to pray and to learn with you on the job, as it were. And I want to ask for breakthrough this week, that many people watching this would have the amazing privilege of praying for the sick and seeing them healed in the name of Jesus. And I pray for all who are right now experiencing pain. Would you bring healing to their bodies? Pain would you leave in the name of Jesus? Sickness be gone in Jesus' name. May things that are out of place be put back into place. Things that are damaged be made whole right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that the perfect love of God would cast out fear and anxiety. And start a work of healing today for many bodies, minds and spirits. I pray right now that the peace of God would fill each one who is watching this. As you promised in Romans, would you pour out your love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit? And as we worship you, would we sense you working in us? Perhaps now as we return to worship, some of you may feel something physically changing, a sensation under your hand, maybe something emotionally changing, hope rising where it wasn't before, peace coming upon you where there was no peace before. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Trust him. Keep receiving from him. Come Holy Spirit. We need you and we welcome you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to ChristchurchLondon.org.